Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always, fresh off of the Super Bowl. Great game. What a horrible way to to end that. I don't know how you call that with under a minute to go in the, the Super Bowl and end what was a really great game. One of the better Super Bowls I've seen in my lifetime. And it ends, they're just winding down the clock to the field goal. Like, ugh, what a lame way to end it. Yeah, I lost a lot of money on that game. Uh, a lot of money. Um, trying not to think about it too much because, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a lot of money. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's officiating in every sport that fucking sucks. So um, it kind of sucks, though, because I will give refs credit. I thought they actually were pretty good that entire game, except for that one call. Like, I actually thought they were pretty pretty out of the way and yeah it was uh it was a tough pill to swallow but uh yeah it turns out officiating is still very important in any sport no matter what yeah it's hard to just blame everything like oh nhl officials are the worst nfl officials are the worst they just seem awful all over the place these days or have been forever it's also tough look for goodell who just said oh our fishing is better than it's ever been that's really sad yeah it's dumb it's dumb but regardless football's over Hockey is now uh, the shining star in my life. Um, so we have a couple abs games to talk about. Uh, one not so good and one uh, that was pretty solid, I think. Pretty solid. You end this road trip 1-1-1. One, one, and one. You come out of it 500, which could have been better. It also could have been a lot worse considering you were without Kale McCarr for two of these games in a hit that Jeff Carter was never punished for got away with it was like yeah, it was a collision what are you gonna do about it so galaxy brain moment they wanted carter to be on the ice to play in that dustin brown game you know what they played you, the you just said that and that probably makes sense now or the yeah. nhl is an archaic bunch of cavemen who don't care about brain trauma right i mean that's very possible very very possible uh, but yeah it was uh it was tough without Kale McCarr. It's one of those things where like, I think we've just been so spoiled with Kale McCarr that when he doesn't play, you go, Oh fuck. Like that would be Kale McCarr in that situation. And it would be a lot better. Um, but it looks like Kale McCarr. He's been skating the entire time. Potentially he's back Tuesday against Tampa Bay, but definitely a scary situation. And it's just one of those things. I don't know enough about head trauma and concussions where it's like, how could he pass the initial tests like during the game? But then after the game is when the concussion side affects him. Like I said, I don't know anything about so, concussions. That just seems weird to me. Yeah. So basically what I saw 
is that he was deemed good enough to go, but then he woke up the next day not feeling good. Concussions and brains, they're they're weird. We've seen how it works sometimes. Sometimes you take a hit, you get your bell rung. It's like, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. I feel fine. And then it really starts to settle in after a bit. It's like, you know, when you get hit in the arm or something with like a baseball, the bruise doesn't form right away. I, I imagine right. I'm not a doctor. I'm it, not we are the farthest thing from yeah, I am the farthest thing. I'm getting my degree in communications. I don't even have it yet. But I imagine that's how something like that works. Brains are weird. Bodies are weird. And so the Avs were without Kale McCarr in one of their more important games of the season. It's always big in the Stanley Cup final rematch. And the day of, it's announced he's not playing. And it really puts a damper on the whole thing. You had the Stanley Cup film come out, finally, and no Kale, which stunk. And you have Francis Chiron coach, or refing this game, where the Avs have lost eight straight under him. And in this game... I don't know how much we're even going to talk about this. The Avs just got their asses kicked oh, yeah. in this game from, from top to bottom. This looked a lot like the Winnipeg game in late November. They were they looked okay early. This wasn't like start to finish, total blowout, but it really got out of hand. It really got out of hand, and we were reminded very much so of just how good Andre Vasilevsky is. Um, because this game, like you said, it, it was a close game. Uh, for till probably about what, like 10 minutes left in the second period. And then it really got out of hand whenever Tampa got their third goal. Yeah. Um, I, I, I even say the Hagel goal. I, I kind of felt like it was only two, nothing. But I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. You felt I, bad because you had that whole transition where it's like, Miko has a great chance. Vasilevsky kicks out his left pad, makes a, like he made it look so nonchalant, like a, a routine save. That was actually a very, very difficult save. And it goes in the opposite end and uh, Georgiev can't make a play. Uh, I mean, I, I don't blame Georgia for that goal. It's more Taves and uh, Gerard got confused and they both took the same guy and Hagel yeah. was wide open. This is, this is where you really see where people who just hate Gerard hate him just to hate him. He didn't make a perfect play on this. Hayes is covering nobody here. Yeah. He is not doing anything on this play. Gerard is at least on a guy. Didn't make the perfect play. Got a little outworked, but Taves is not doing anything. Blaming that entirely on Gerard is... Just not fair. There are times he deserves fair criticism. That was not entirely one of them. And the Avs, right after this point, Tampa had all the momentum. And pretty fair to say they just they ran them out of the building at this point. The Avs, they, they couldn't finish in this game. It was the same thing against Pittsburgh. They couldn't finish. Mulgan had that wide open net in the first period. The poor guy just can't score. He just He has it in his bones. He has it in his brain. When he has an open net, he shanks it. Every single time he's a good player. If he could score, I think he'd have minimum five goals with this team since he got traded here. Without a doubt. I mean, I don't, but I think the Tampa defender got a stick on that shot. I think but he did. That's what I mean. Like Morgan, like he just can't yeah. that break his way. Yeah. Even when it is wide open, he misses. And then even when he does get it right on his stick, it gets blocked. It's I saw him score one with the Leafs this season in the season opener. It was like, he was, a centimeter away from the goal line and it was put right on his stick. I mean, maybe that's what he has to do to get the ball rolling here. Just get a centimeter away. Anything more than five inches away is just not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, Andre Vasilevsky is just so fucking good. And I'm glad he didn't do that to us in the Stanley Cup finals because let's be honest, he, he wasn't Andre Vasilevsky in that series. Like he, he was good, but the abs definitely did not get the best form of Andre Vasilevsky in that Stanley Cup final. Yeah, there was at least three games where he was straight up outdueled by Kemper in that series. 
And this game was rough in particular. Obviously, there's no Kale. But especially after that first period, I don't want to say they looked lifeless, but the Avs, like, they they looked frustrated, I think, is a far more fair term to use. And obviously, you have the Miko penalty towards the end of the second period. He gets 10 minutes for a game misconduct. I don't really know why. He was just kind of smashing his... St- I didn't know when that became illegal to do, but... I think, wasn't that result of where it looked like he got tripped, like, the guy stuck his knee out and tripped him, and then yeah. there was no call? Yeah. Wasn't that the result of that? It, it exactly was the result of that penalty on Miko gets ignored. He's frustrated and the refs send him off. Like just nothing went right in this game. You had Cogliano take that knee from Ian Cole, like 90 seconds. I, I thought Cogliano's season ended. Oh, right? so did I. And he came back two shifts later. The guy's made of iron. There is no shot. He walked away from that. Just fine. It got a Charlie horse. Are you kidding? Well, here's the thing. Like I would love, if like one of these athletes, like, like Andrew Cogliano, who's just an iron man, kind of the same thing with like Phil Kessel, like if they donated their body to science after they pass away and you just find out that they have like extra ligaments everywhere or like something crazy, because there are just certain humans who are just immune to injury. Like they just, whatever happens, they just, it's luck. Or if it's just, they have better bones, better ligaments. Like I, I would love to know, in like, if one of these guys gave up their body to science to see like, oh, Andrew Cogliano had five extra ligaments in his knees. That's why he never tore like, anything. I, I have very recently begun to, like I've played sports most of my life over really since the new year. I've really gotten back into running again. And this last week, especially like I've really felt it in my lower body. And it's really made me reflect on right. how the hell do these people do this with like ACL tears and just... Even like even something as annoying as runner's needles, like I should probably sit on this for a couple of days and not make this worse, let alone go skate an 82 game season or Andrew Cogliano take a hit that was warranting of a fine, which is in terms of NHL is probably but not, not a penalty, not a not penalty, a penalty. <laughs> not a suspension, but in real life would probably be enough to get you arrested. And he just comes back out two shifts later, just looks like nothing happened, looked like he was skating better. That he did. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand this. Dude, time. I went I went on a two mile walk with my lady today. And I was like, there was a little hill to go at the end, and I was like, Jesus Christ, man, I don't know if I can make it up this hill. It's brutal. Like, but one of my classes is on the top floor of a building, and the quickest way to get there is the stairs. And every time I, I'm all the way up to there, I'm like, I should not be this fucking. Tough. I should not be this. Tough. I I just blame the altitude. I'm at altitude, man. That's why it's. Uh, that's I why don't it's have tough. that excuse, man. I'm in Maryland, <laughs> but I mean that that was the thing, man. Like Andrew Cogliano, luckily avoided all serious injury in that. Like that really could have been bad. Um, still don't know. I, I I just don't get that how you can give someone a fine, but it's not a penalty in the game. Um, it's almost like makes... they, it's almost like they were saying sorry. Like yeah, yeah. One so he like does Andrew Cogliano get that five thousand dollars? Like that'd be cool. Like no. if they had to pay them, that'd be, that's a good idea. NHL, whenever there's a bad hit on someone, like what did Tom Where's Wilson that? get fined when he did that to Artemi Panarin? I said 5,000. I think yeah. it's the, it's the maximum under the CBA. Where does that money go? Is it just, what do they mean? Does it just oh. go to Gary Bettman? Oh, it goes to the NHL. What does that mean? Go I, to the I know, man. It doesn't go I'm to the final. salary cap. It doesn't go to our ticket prices. Where I just be cool. I'm curious where, where I'm curious to know where that ends up going. Staying, <laughs> I think it should go the player who gets hurt or something happens like that. Just that's like, oh, cool. I got fucked up. At least I get a five grand paycheck out of it. Right? 
because it's not it's not like a parking ticket like i know yeah. i know that's going to just the general government don't really know what that means but i know it's going somewhere what does the nhl mean when they say five thousand dollar fine goes to george Perro's salary yeah probably <laughs> does. for all the hard work that man yeah. does thank for god all the- george Peros and all all the incredible things he does for the sport running the player safety department what a job what a job that would be to have you get yep. to hand out two suspensions a year for two games and you get thousands of dollars. Yep. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hundreds so. of thousands of dollars, if not more than that. But yes, oh. getting, getting back on board with this yeah. this Tampa game, there's just not a lot to say about this. The Avs, they, they got their ass kicked in this game. Tampa was really amped up for this game and the Avs were really not. This is a game where you want Gabe Landeskog. I think that's just plain and simple what it is. I don't know if it's enough to win it, but it looks a lot more respectable. I think it looks a lot more respectable and the abs actually scored more goals on themselves than they did in this game. So that was impressive. I, that, that, that's a feat in itself right that, there. That felt like just a spit in the face, like <laughs> Val Matushkin on that penalty kill ends up just knocking that into his own net to make it three, nothing on the point goal. It's like in a game, the last two games where we have not been able to put the puck in the net, you finally do, but not the other one, not um, the right net. Just, I feel like that encapsulates the whole thing. It's just no matter what you're going to do, nothing was going to go right in this game. It was destined to go wrong when McCarl was out. It was destined to be wrong when Sharon was was refing this game. And you you throw it in the trash, unfortunately, and move on. Doesn't take away the ring we got out of it. No, nope, doesn't take away the ring. But I thought it was interesting, that challenge that Bednar had on that third goal. Um, I'm glad they didn't overturn it, like looking back on it now, because if they overturn that and set that precedent, that is a dangerous precedent to yeah. set as the NHL. So as much as that sucked in the moment, I was like, can you imagine if we get like more and more reviews like that, where it's like very clearly, like he just fell on the puck and yeah. it just squirted to the other guy. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was a great challenge by Bednar because it was worth close. a shot. And at that point, yeah, you put him back on the power play and what they make it for nothing at that yeah, point. The game's already, the game's already over. If this goal right. stands, you're not scoring four unanswered on Vasilevsky and winning this game right now. But I think I actually would have been upset if that goal got overturned because that is ridiculous that that's even allowed to be challenged. That was so far before the goal, so inconsequential to the play. It wasn't like he slid the puck to him. He was knocked over and didn't use his It didn't hit his hand. It hit his stick. But even if it did, like what is even the difference there? So it's a great challenge by Bednar. I totally get why he did that. It's the fact that he's even allowed to do that that I was laughing. Wild. It was wild. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think it was good that the NHL didn't overturn that because, I mean, you could have made the case. I mean, even Dave Jackson, the broadcast, is like, uh, like it kind of looks like he pushes his hand out, but there was nothing like uh, in depth or what's the word? Like uh, inclusive. Inclusive uh, to show in- that it was. Yeah. Conclusive. Yes. Sorry. Inclusive is also a good thing to have. Um, Very good thing. Most of yeah. The time. Uh, yes. Conclusive evidence to overturn that. So I agree with you. I think that was more just get that, prevent that from being a future problem because that really could have been a future problem for the NHL. And it's like, well, the precedent was set back in this game. And you're like, well, fuck. Like we've really, we've really well, set ourselves to, up. To be fair, the NHL doesn't give a shit about precedent. They just yeah. do it. They do whatever they want. If, if but, there was precedent in this league, we would not have half of the problems we have with true. right now. My my favorite part of that is when they first showed that they were, abs were challenging, and everyone on the bracket's like, "What the fuck are we challenging? What are you talking here? about challenging? Like the goalie doesn't even get touched. Right. <laughs> like, are they saying Val kicked it into his own net? Yeah. <laughs> it was a distinct kicking motion by Colorado number thirteen. 
yeah, no. Everyone's like, what the fuck are we challenging here? Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that game sucks even more just because it was a nationally broadcast game. Like that always sucks to fall flat on your face on a nationally televised game. Um, I hate to say it again, but these national games are painful. I hate talking about every time we have a national game, but I keep getting reminded of it. Just how poor these are. Just the lack of attention to detail. Sean McDonough is not a bad commentator, but it's just it, he doesn't do it for me. He, he doesn't have that hockey voice. He's a football yeah. voice. Like He's he, a football he, and basketball voice. He did the other one for the Caps and the Bruins the other night. It's just he just doesn't do it for me. He doesn't have the energy. I'm I'm we're spoiled. We grew up with Doc. We grew up with Kenny Albert and everything. And Albert doesn't even hold a candle to Doc, but. Doc is the gold standard and ESPN but, just has done nothing to Well, and like Kenny Albert, you kind of associate more with hockey. You know what I mean? Like I associate Kenny Albert with hockey. Um, you associate John Forslund with hockey. Like there's I feel like there were better choices out there. Thank God it wasn't Leah Hextall. This would have been a this would have been bad if it was Leah Hextall. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where he, Sean McDonough is a great broadcaster. He's just not a hockey guy. He's just not a hockey guy. It's just, and also in that, in that Caps and Bruins game, he gave, he gave the first Caps goal to Ovi when he was literally the furthest guy from the puck. And then five minutes later, they showed Connor Sherry as TJ Oshie on the graphic. It's like, these are very simple things that I feel like you should be getting right on nationally broadcast games kind of thing. But I'm not going to go on that other tirade again, because I I talk about this all the time at work. I I do like Ray Ferraro though. I like Ray Ferraro a lot. I think he's a good, pretty good for the most. He's a good color guy. I wish they put Brian Boucher or like AJ Malesko on there more because I I feel like they're missing that third party. But like I said, that we're talking semantics here. It just sucks. It just sucks that the ass got embarrassed like that on the national stage. Um, But yeah, I I really don't have much. That third period was probably the like longest 20 minutes of my life. And I was just praying no one got hurt. I'm going to be totally honest. I didn't watch it. Like I was, I was too, I was tuned out at that point. Oh, I was for sure tuned out, but I was more just like listening um, to see if anyone got hurt. Yeah. It was background noise. It was a great last 30 minutes. Um, And then sure enough, uh, the worst case scenario, Evan Rodriguez with like two minutes left gets a puck in the face and you're like, Oh great. This inconsequential score that doesn't matter. Like let's just fucking get a guy with a puck in the face and he doesn't return. So that kind of sucked. We did get a, like probably the saddest, fight at the end of a game like have you ever seen a more like uneventful fight like usually fights are exciting that was probably like the like most boring fight of all time because you yeah. maroon didn't want to fight mcdermott why, why would he there's 12 seconds left he's pointing up at the scoreboard being like dude it, the game is over what are yeah. you doing and mcdermott he's fighting for pride at this point, whatever, just trying to to get something on the board here. I get why, but it's just like, come on, can we just get out of here? This yeah, it, it, it was very much the satisfied. Of all yeah, time. It, it's it's not worth breaking your knuckles on his visor and everything. Let's just get out of here. The Avs lose five nothing in Tampa. They have a rematch with the Lightning coming up on Tuesday at home, and that should be an interesting matchup. But first, they had to go into Florida and at least try to salvage this road trip. And they do actually. They win in Florida five to three in a offensive explosion of a game. Ninety five combined shots, fifty for the Abs, forty five for the Panthers, and th- this looked like the Abs team we've been waiting for in stretches. There were points of this game that were not the best, but the biggest part of this game for me, Logan O'Connor, yeah. finally finds the back of the net, and it was shorthanded, set up by Cogliano, and just. 
parks himself right in the crease. You can't miss from there. You, he almost did, though. He almost, he almost did. did. <laughs> it's really hard to miss from there. And This is what I've been saying with him. He's been playing good hockey. He's come really close. Eventually, he's just going to find himself in the right spot in a goal that he just can't miss. And I don't want to say it's going to open the floodgates because, let's be honest, it's probably not because it's Logan O'Connor. That's just not his play style. But if he can bang in five more before the end of the season, I, I think we're dancing at that point. I wouldn't be shocked if he scores on Tuesday against Tampa. Like he goes through these stretches and then he gets hot all of a sudden. Like he, when a guy gets his confidence, it's a dangerous thing. Um, but yeah, it, it was such a cool, like you could see the way that Cogliano celebrated with him. He's like, let's fucking go brother. You did it. Um, but we should just expect this from Logan O'Connor. He's done this back to back years where he yeah. starts really strong and then goes like 40 games without scoring again. Yeah, I said I expect next season this will extend into March because it just seems to get a little longer each time. Last, <laughs> longer season, each last time. season it extended like early January, and this season now we're talking early February. So next time when he has his his five goals in seven games early in the season, pencil it in forty six game goal Estrada. I think this one ended at thirty eight or something like that. Next one forty eight. Not no <laughs> offense to Logan O'Connor, but this this is just what he does. Even when he's not scoring, he's still a useful player. There's a reason he's not on waivers or anything like that. The team has uses for him. Even when he wasn't scoring, he was on probably one of our more productive lines with Newhook and Gagliano for a little bit. So it's great to see him finally get one. If he can reach 10 by the end of the season, you look back on it and be like, 10 goals, nice for a bottom six guy. And he's on a decent contract. He's a useful player. It's just so good to see him finally get on the board. Yeah, it it was when he scored. I I screamed a little bit louder or cheered a little bit louder. I wouldn't say I screamed, uh, but I cheered a little bit louder. Because like, let's fucking go, dude! Like we've made jokes about you about not scoring. You're never gonna score again. And for for him to finally score was a uh, was a weight off his shoulders. And it gave the Avs an early one nothing lead because I don't know about you. When we took that early penalty, I was like, this is the last thing we can have happen in this game is go down early. Like I just don't know if this team could come back like from that early gut punch and they they throw the first punch in this game yeah it was a great turn of momentum in this game you had ej go off for tripping you get the shorthanded goal then ej blocks one off of his foot does not return in this game also important to note brad hunt put on waivers before this game still ends up playing and clears waivers today so a little sigh of relief but Right after EJ went to the locker room, I, I, Joe Sackick's not a very stressed out person, but I imagine even he was maybe sweating a, like just a little bit on that cold, emotionless face. Him and McFarland might have been sharing some glances, being like, "Do you think they Fuck. got? Do you think they got the facts yet? Can we undo that? Can anyone cancel that message that we put them on waivers yet? Can, can anyone go have Elliot delete the tweet?" <laughs> I agree. Like they, they had to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Cause they literally just had to survive that one game. And then it seems like Josh Manson's going to be back uh, for the game on Tuesday. And you're looking good defensively finally for the first time in forever. And then EJ goes out. I, we haven't heard anything more. He wasn't in a boot. He wasn't limping when he left. So, I mean, maybe that's good news, but w- would you be shocked in the least if he misses like the next three games? Like, yeah, I mean, he, he could be back against Tampa. He could miss a couple of games he could be out for a month. Like you never, you literally never know. Right. Like that. Sometimes you have Lekkanen who blocks something off his foot, shakes it off, comes right back to the bench. Sometimes you have a Tom Wilson situation where I think it was a Brad Hunter England slap shot that he blocked off the boot still hasn't come back for the caps. And sometimes like even, like even Berkey sometimes has taken though He's been out for months. Sometimes you're back the next shift. Sometimes you're, you're out for two months. You just, you, you have to wait for the next update. You never yeah. know. 
Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA fans, it's time to bring back the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. All you have to do, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place in a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I'm not going to pretend to be a basketball guy, but those Denver Nuggets... They're looking like some free money right now. If you want to get in on the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode i imagine we'll find out after practice tomorrow but yeah it was that sucked because ej was playing good um and then that luckily we had 7d that day so you didn't really have to go on 5d but that meant curtis mcdermott got some more ice time um brad hunt got some more ice time and so did andreas england but i think this game alone i think that's why they kept england up like the i think england is like the abs already have enough offense at their D-line, I think they need more of a guy like England's play style where he's not going to like jump up in the rush or anything like that, and especially when Manson comes back. Like I, I, I think I think that was the right call to send Hunt down, but I mean you never know. You never know. Yeah, I th- I think England they just find a few more uses out of him than they do out of Hunt most of the time. Hunt's been able to find the back of the net, but since England stopped taking out his own goalies, I think they just find him a little more useful nowadays and he played perfectly fine this game had a nice little scrap with ryan lomberg that i thought he won and right before the end of this period as well before the halfway point of this period man i miss this guy matt nieto on the perfect setup by jt Kompfer makes it two to nothing and as much as i really want to come here and say like wow great play by the abs what the hell were the panthers doing on this you you go to the screen cap of that goal there are five red jerseys right there all of them could have made the play to stop yeah. that from happening. And none of them did. I, I imagine Paul Maurice is just going to have like a still of that on the big screen at practice next time. Saying what the fuck are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Like <laughs> how old are you guys? Is this peewee hockey? None of you wanted that one. I, I, I'll i take it. I mean, I, I like the way Nieto plays with Comfer. I think just adding Comfer, like, JT Comfer, I think this was one of his better games of the year. He was fantastic all night long in this game. He's had a Um, couple of great games. Yeah, ties his career high in assists with, what, 30 games left, 22 games left, however many games are left. Um, So he's going to break that. Great contract year for him. But he was fantastic in this game. He he was forechecking like a maniac. Like the way he was just on that forecheck all night was really fucking good out of him. Um, But, I mean, we just keep saying that JT Comfer has a great game. Like there's just – it's not even really that big of a surprise anymore. Yeah, he's he's been fantastic on whatever line he's been playing with. Even when he's been playing with the big guns, he finds a way to contribute. Even when he's with Matt Nieto and the like, or Cagliano or whatever, there just doesn't seem to be any problems with him right now. This is a completely different JT Comfort than the one we saw last season. He's motivated, probably by money, you know, contract year and everything. And he's been playing great. It almost makes me think that, like, 
coming into the season, like, oh, you got to spend big on a second line center. It's like, yeah, maybe you still do, but Comfort's still playing that role pretty well so far. Maybe wouldn't suck to have him down on the third line, but in a pinch, I don't hate him up there. But with Matt Nieto, like, man, this guy kicks so much ass. He does. He's so good on this team. And my only problem with the trade is we didn't get him back sooner. He's so good, so good on this roster. And he's already up to 10 goals on the season. He's not like he's not going to bang in 20 or anything. You don't need him to. He just plays real solid hockey. He's just such a great addition to this team. The fact that you got him for two guys that you didn't, you weren't going to use anymore. Like even right now, Jacob McDonald wouldn't have been in the lineup. And like I I kind of look at that as one for one. I think Cout for Merkley is its own thing. And this McDonald for Nieto, great, great piece yeah. of business. Take that trade 10 out of 10 times because it just gives it just gives you more solid bottom six options. And that's what Matt Nieto is. Um, but yeah, I mean he bangs that goal in. I I agree with you. I don't know what the Panthers were doing. They left JT Comper wide open at the back of the net and let Matt Nieto wide open at the front of the net. Not ideal defense. How do you do, how do, you do both? Uh, it's, how do you I'm not saying. pick one at least? You have that's five what I'm guys down there. You weren't even covering anybody at the point. You had a perfect H formation of doing nothing. I just the Panthers are a very weird team. Because as we saw later in this game, they have stretches where they're a very dangerous team. And then things get away from them so fast. They make such dumb mistakes, which I'm not sure why you're making with Sergei Bobrovsky in that. You'd think, you know, maybe you want to lock that down a little bit. But what do I know? I'm not Paul Maurice, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like Bobrovsky, we knew that contract was going to be bad when he signed it. We just didn't think it'd be this bad. So early I, I, on. I'm shocked. He's still on the team. I, I expected that to be bought out like year three. Honestly. Really? So it, I, I thought this was the worst contract in the NHL. It very well might still be, but he's just, he's, I guess he's fine enough that you can keep playing him. But man, do you even know how far into that contract we are? Do you want, do you want to just take a stab at it? I think we're in year four. Pretty much. Yeah, there's yeah. three seasons left after this at $10 million, which is weird because doesn't that still feel like it was so recent? Yeah, it really does. But yeah, I mean, Bobrovsky is a perfectly average goaltender. If he was making like $3 million, you'd be like, okay, that's pretty soft. But the fact he's making 10, 10 that's brutal. $10 million for nine oh three. Yeah. Just, and people like, oh, last season, so I was, yeah, it was a nine thirteen. You know, it's, it's pretty good. It's not going to win any Vesnas, but in his whole tenure with Florida, he's been a 900, a 906, a 913, 903, which is honestly better than I thought he would be when he signed that contract. You know, hasn't had a season under 900, $10 million. Yeah, brutal, man. Like that is, that is a lot of money to pay for a guy who is league average at his absolute best. Yeah. You're not buying the good Sergey Bobrovsky from Columbus. You're buying the older, uh, more used model uh, at the same price. So, yeah, I mean, the Panthers, like you said, they have stretches where they look like one of the best teams in the NHL, and then they just give it all away right back. Uh, and that was evident in the second period uh, because the Panthers came out. Uh, was it Ekblad who scored first? Yeah, it was Ekblad. Yeah. Uh, you want Gary to make a save? He didn't see the puck. Right? He, yeah. he just flat out didn't see the puck. I, I have less of a problem with the first goal than I do with the second goal. The right. second goal, I thought he was out of position. You know, McDermott didn't play great defense on this, but I thought he did enough to push him to the outside. There's no other skater coming in. You really only have your eyes on this guy. Out of position, he missed. The first one, 
there's at least bodies in the way you can i think there was a deflection based on the replays i saw i don't think there was enough not a great goal i'm not going to try to defend this second one i didn't like especially because that ties the game after what was a really great first period for the abs really could have been a backbreaker but the thing about Georgiev, and that's why he's the starter over Frankie, is after that, he made the saves he needed to make. Because this is going to happen. Over the course of an 82-game season, there's going to be a five-minute stretch where just two meh goals go in the net. All of a sudden, it's tied. And there's nothing you can do. You can't take it back afterwards. You need to make the saves after that. And that's exactly what he did after this point. The only goal for the Panthers after this was one he really had no chance on. And we've seen with Frankie sometimes, those two go in. And it's hard for him to recover after that. It can spiral for him. It could spiral. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that second goal, like you can't get beat short side on that. Like that's like if you get beat far side, okay, maybe, but short side, like that's that's a tough one to give up. Um, but like you say, he bounced back, he made some big saves throughout the rest of this game. Um, and luckily for the Avs, they scored what, like 30 seconds after the Panthers tied it. Devon yeah. Taves gets a gets a rebound goal. Yeah, this was the kind of shift the Avs had been needing over the last couple of games because just even not even 30 seconds after that goal, the Avs have a great comeback shift. Devontae's cleans up a Bo Byram shot in front. 3-2 Avs once again. Game shifts right after that. And pretty much six minutes later, Nathan McKinnon scores on the power play. You're still going into the third with a 4-2 lead. It's good to see Taze get back on the board as well. It's crazy to think that he only has four goals this year. Um, and that we even have a problem with that from a defense. Yeah. So, I mean, we just got so spoiled last year with how much he was scoring because he ended up having like 12 or 13 last year. I am very least close to that. I, mean, I think it was like 12 or 13. 13, exactly. 13. Yeah. And oh, six, God, and 66 brain's games. still there just a little bit. Still there just a little bit. I know some shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was good for him to get back on the board. Bo, Bo Byram gets a point. Um, and the Avs go back up 3-2. That Nathan McKinnon goal, like the Panthers were being so aggressive on that PK and it came back to bite him in the ass. And McKinnon finally, finally gets a goal. <laughs> like the poor dude on this entire road trip, I think he he hit like four or five posts. Like it was just absurd how many posts he hit. It, it, it's shocking he ended with two goals on this entire road trip. He could have had four in that Penguins game. E- even against Tampa, like he wasn't great, but he still had a couple of looks. And in this Panthers game, like the, the Panthers are a team that just they they don't have an answer for McKinnon. Like they, they've got good players, but McKinnon just skates circles around that depth. If anyone gets caught on the ice against McKinnon, that's not named Alexander Barkov. They're they're toast. Without a doubt, they're toast. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was good for him to get get that goal, uh, give the Avs a 4-2 lead. But you knew that this wasn't gonna be an easy third period. If you, like if you expect an easy third period from the abs after the last 30 days, you know, better. Like you, you knew they were, the Panthers were going to score. It was just a matter of how early were they going to score and how much would the abs have to survive? I actually didn't hate a lot of that third period from the abs. I actually thought they continued a lot of the momentum in that game. Um, This this was the best third period they have had in the last couple of games in a game that they had a chance in the Tampa game. That does not count for anything. Pittsburgh one wasn't terrible. But the, especially the ones before that were bad. This one wasn't terrible, but it wasn't perfect. Wasn't perfect, but I mean, when you go down Eric Johnson, that's your what 
second best defenseman right now because Bo Byram's still getting back. I didn't lo- I didn't think Bo was particularly great defensively in this game against the Panthers. Bo but... had a rough one. We yeah. we still do have to remember Bo is young and he is going to have games like this. He's been back for three games. Three games. Like right. I, it, it it didn't come back to bite the abs in the ass. But when you lose Eric Johnson, who's like your most reliable stay at home defenseman outside of Devon Taves. Um, yeah, you kind of need Bo to kind of take a step back, and he he wasn't great in that, this game. Uh, but like you said, he's young; it's his third yeah. game back. Like he still has yet to play eighty-two games in the NHL. <laughs> That's what he, we got. He doesn't even have a full combined season under his belt, and he hmm. took a bunch of penalties against Tampa as well. A bunch of hooking penalties. All that stuff is going to get cleaned up. The fact he's still picking up a bunch of points and still managing to be productive even on not his best nights. Very encouraging from a guy who barely turned able to drink when we won. Yeah. So he, he was a great and it, it's shit happens, but yeah, I mean the Panthers, what was it with like 10 minutes left in the third period? They scored to tie yeah, it bark off. I yeah. mean, that was just a beautiful passing play by the Panthers. There was nothing Georgiev could do, but um, the defense wasn't great on this particular situation. So it's four, three, and then it's really butt clinching time for the entire rest of that game. Yep, and then the Avs, they go back to the penalty kill after that. Well, they had a power play, first of all, too many men by Florida. Power play didn't do a lot with it, which has kind of been the theme with these important power plays over the last little bit, especially the overtime in Pittsburgh. Now this one in Florida where you could have put this one away where it's 5-3. to three. Then Evan Rodriguez goes to the box for holding. Do I Not agree? a good call. Do I agree with the call? We've already done a lot of complaining about it. Yeah. I will leave it at that for now. The penalty kill I thought was pretty good. However, the Panthers absolutely nailed the post in a post that had my my parlays shaking at that point. That, the, that scared me. I thought that went in. Gerard thought that went in. Somehow the abs survive it. They kill off the penalty. And I thought they recovered well after the yeah, the that post was crazy because to the naked eye when you're watching that it looked like it went straight in and came straight back out, but the play by Devon Taves on that to keep Barkoff from scoring because Taves could have easily just let up, but he prevents Barkoff from going there and Sam Gerrard has the easiest like another galaxy brain moment maybe Gerrard faked out the entire Panthers team because no one else moved for that puck outside of Barkoff and Taves, um, so Gerrard's able to get it out and I don't know about you but I was just waiting to hear the horn. I was just waiting because the way that looked, you're just like, no, like that. I think that went in like just the way it bounced and the way Georgiev reacted, the way Gerard react. Like you don't see that from players when they, when it's not a goal, like usually they have the best view of it. Yeah. And they have the fan reaction to everything. Once that puck came out, I was like, okay, let's take a look at this. Then they didn't blow it. So at that point you pretty much know it didn't go in because they're not going to, they're not going to stop the play for something that they're sure on. Didn't go in. No reason to look at it. The Avs survived the rest of the penalty kills. A great heads-up play by Devontae's like you're talking about. And again, I, I thought the Avs recovered well after this. The Panthers still had a couple of opportunities, but eventually Nathan McKinnon's able to get the puck on a feed from Ranton and put it away with just over a minute to go. The Avs, they salvaged this road trip. If you told me coming into this road trip that they give up a late goal in Pittsburgh and lose, get absolutely destroyed in Tampa, barely survive Florida, and don't have Kale McCarr for two games... Three to six points, I'll take it. It's not you can live great. With that. Yeah, I'll I can live with that. It's not great. You lost two of those games. You lost one in OT. It's a big point looking back at it. Tampa, 
was a mess, but you don't lose more than two points out of it. And Florida, was it perfect? No, but it was good enough, and he got two points out of it. That's a tough That's a tough road trip coming right out of the All-Star break. You get three points. Could have been better. Could have been a lot worse, too. Could have easily been four or six, and it, it, it's just the way hockey is sometimes. But coming back, one, one, and one, you can live with that. And yeah. you're getting bodies back, uh, and you come down into the stretch, and I'm interested to see what this team can do somewhat healthy. I really am, because the pieces are there. Like, Rodriguez has been a good surprise. JT Comfort has been good. Uh, you add back in Josh Manson, you add back in Kale McCarr. This team's good. Like they're going to be good. It's just, are they going to have enough time to gel? Yeah. And And really make that push. Yeah. One of the things that, that Evan brought up when we had him on that I really hadn't considered all that much because I didn't really think it was that bad was even strength scoring on this team. It really opened my eyes when he said that Alex Newhook is second on this team and even strength goals at the moment and great for Newhook. But holy shit, some of these guys need to start scoring again. He had McKinnon, who is now up to 11 on the season. He's tied with Newhook. Do you remember who he said third is on the team? Was it still Val? No. Was Andrew, it JT? Andrew Cagliano. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Eight, eight even strength goals. Kale McCarr has eight. Lekkinen has seven. Comfer has six. Just give me just give me a ballpark. What do you think Miko has? 28? 27. Damn. He is... He is more than double ahead of the next closest guy on the team, which is McKinnon. That to me is the big part of this team that needs to be fixed. I would say before the end of this season, getting someone outside of Ranson's great. If Ranson wants to continue by all means, put him in at even strength, but you need to see a lot more guys like Lekkonen, like Comfer, like Erod putting in these pucks at even strength. And then I think we'll start to see a lot more wins consistently there's also been a lot of injuries a lot of these guys haven't played full amount this season and if you can figure that out i think you're in a much better spot it's also interesting when you look at the standings because whenever we lost so did minnesota and then also when we won so did minnesota so it didn't really seem like anything changed except ultimately we got that extra point against pittsburgh who ties us at 60 and now we have the extra game in hand on minnesota so between us, Minnesota, and Calgary, we're all at 60. Game in hand on Minnesota, two games in hand on Calgary at the moment, which I imagine we're going to start to put some distance between them. But for right now, not a lot has changed. What For the entirety of all those three teams, one point has been the only thing separating them since the All-Star break is that OT lost to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, I mean, Dallas lost to Tampa on Saturday, so the Avs were actually able to gain some points on them. Um, and you still have three games in hand. So if you can win those games in hand, you're talking four points back in Tampa or uh, Dallas. So it's definitely doable for the Avs. I mean, th- this next week is going to be a very, like these are probably the biggest games the Avs have played so far in this season. Yeah. Um, Cause if you can beat Tampa, get two points out of that. I mean, honestly, if we lost to Tampa, I wouldn't be like, I'm, I would much rather win against Minnesota than against Tampa. I would easily sacrifice that Tampa game to beat Minnesota the next night. 10 out of 10, no hesitation. Like, yeah, it would suck to get swept by Tampa. It would suck, but that's a pride. It's, it's a pride thing. That's that helps Tampa try to get home ice against Toronto in the first round. Does not affect us at all. Beating Minnesota, Minnesota is the most important game of the season so far. And it sucks that it you almost have to look at it as a scheduled loss after playing Tampa the ne- the next night, and you're going to Minnesota for it. But you can't afford to look at it that way. This is a massive game for where we're at in the season right now. You're going to Minnesota, 
and you got to find a way to beat these guys. And if you lose to Tampa and beat Minnesota the next night, especially in regulation, that's a win. A hundred percent. That's a win. Agreed. And I mean, Minnesota doesn't have an easy game Monday against Florida. So, but they're going to be rested. Yeah, they're going to be rested, but yeah, it's the biggest game of the year. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our new sponsors at Raycon. This is the time of year everyone's making New Year's resolutions, talking about big changes, but most of the time, these are pretty unrealistic, and even the smallest changes can contribute to these habits. And I've found you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase for even the smallest things that can be a part of these big changes. For me, that has been my Raycon headphones. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. For me personally, my New Year's resolution has been running. My old headphones are staticky. They ran out of battery too easily. Ever since I switched, Raycons have fixed my routines and made them so much easier. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that'll last all night, Raycon has you covered. And these are half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose. You can get a pair of headphones and a spare, a speaker, and you're still paying less than you would for even just one pair of headphones from other companies. And even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants you to make sure that you'll feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has a free and easy return guarantee. And best of all, Raycon's features are endless. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistant, hours of battery life. There's just no reason to not get in on this now. So if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Now, back to the episode. If the Avs win both those games, we'll we'll be coming on Wednesday talking about just how we're going to be feeling great fresh after Wednesday. Yeah, move the schedule back around again. We're coming back on fresh on Wednesday, so we're either going to be coming on here tap dancing or very emo. Very, it it could be bad if we lose both. That there's going to be a whole different tune to that episode. I'm going to be rubbing my hands before we hit that that record button because I'm going to have a lot of things that I'm going to regret saying when I wake up the next morning, but this is going to be a really fun stretch. This back-to-back I've I've had circled on the calendar ever since it got announced. If you can find a way to win both, that is huge because you got two days off right now. You play Tuesday and Wednesday, two days off again, and then two days on against St. Louis and Edmonton. And then you have four days off before you play Winnipeg and Calgary. So it's going to be a tough end of the month, but this is the most important one. You've got to find a way to beat Minnesota. Tampa, if you can win, awesome. I only care if you win that game if you beat Minnesota. If you lose to Tampa and beat Minnesota, I do not care. Yeah, I'll care a little bit in the moment. I I want to win every single game. But if you beat Tampa and lose to Minnesota, that doesn't feel like much of a win. Yeah, it doesn't feel like much of a win. I mean, if they get three or four points out of those two, I think I'd be happy with that as well. if If you can drag Tampa to overtime or a shootout and you lose that way. And then you beat Minnesota, but even then you're dragging that game to OT and then you're going to Minnesota, right. you know, make it even harder. You want to win both. Obviously you want to win both. Hopefully Kale McCarr is back for these games. Like you said, he'd been skating and everything. He's been out there. He was skating with Manson and Helm back in Colorado. 
Hopefully he's back for those games because that's going to make a big difference. Because you got you got Taze who played 29 minutes against Florida. You had Gerard who I believe played about 25. Yeah, 25 minutes against Tampa as well or against Florida as well. Byram played just over 23. Getting McCarr back in there while this defense really gets rolling again is going to be a big factor to this team. And you might get Josh Manson back for that as well. I don't know how effective he's going to be after being off since early November, but just having his presence back in the lineup is going to make a big difference to this team. I believe they can win both, but it's easy to have your confidence shaken when you got ragdolled by Tampa. And it's going to be at home, which I think will make a difference. And the team's going to be feeling good. I'm interested to see what they do in, within goal because we talked about this a little before we recorded. What do you do? Do you start Frankie against Tampa and play Georgiev in the more important game? Or do you play Georgiev in the front half and try to get those points? Because I, I honestly don't know what they do. I think I lean Frankie against Tampa because they already played Georgiev last like, week. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear cut. I, I would be shocked if it's not Frankie against Tampa on Tuesday. Yeah. It, it just makes too much sense. Like they literally just lit up George, uh, Georgiev on Thursday. Like it's, it makes too much sense. Just play Frankie, give him a little bit of a changeup, and then you save Georgiev for that big, big game against Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and Frankie's capable of beating the Lightning. Like it's not like where that's a scheduled loss if you play Frankie, but I think you just mix it up on him a little bit and you throw in Georgiev uh, for Minnesota because that is the far more important game. Yeah, I, th- I think I completely agree with that. And also, yeah, it's important to know, like, it's not like throwing Frankie in there against Tampa as a yeah. death sentence and you're resigning yourself to a loss. Frankie can win. He's definitely proved himself to be capable of winning, especially if the team plays well in front of him. They're very close, but just the difference is Georgiev has proven himself to be a little more stable in that from time to time. And against Tampa, if the team shows up, it makes it a far more interesting game. I think it's going to be what we predicted last time, where we predicted 3-2, two, 2-1 two games. And we were we were pretty right on the abs part, very low yep. scoring. I think, right. I think this is legitimately going to be a very low scoring game against Tampa. I'd probably go. I don't again, I don't want to I hate predicting losses, but I, I think I'd lean probably three two Tampa in this one. I'm gonna get ballsy. Um I think the Avs win like six nothing. Really? Yeah, I, I really think they do. Um Kale McCarr will be back, Josh Manson will be back. They're going to be pissed about that performance. They're going to come out flying. I really hope they do get pissed about this performance. If this is their best two-game stretch of the entire season against Tampa and Minnesota, I will take it every time. Because I I think this is the most important two back-to-back you're going to have. I think we have like eight of these to end the season for some reason. But it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a great game. Again, it's really easy when you just got absolutely crushed by Tampa 5 nothing to think, well, what's going to be different four days later? But we've seen in hockey, things change quickly. You add a healthy Kale McCarr back in the lineup. You put the abs back on home ice for the first time in a little bit. May- you never know. Maybe they do. I certainly hope you're right. I, I, I think they blow them out. I really do. I, I just I have a feeling about this game that you, they're you tend to have a better record with these than I Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, by no means am I like good at gambling or picking wins. I just, my gut is telling me that I think the abs are going to respond. And I think they probably get three early ones in the first period and they go up three, nothing. Uh, I would, that wouldn't shock me in the least. It just wouldn't. You get, you're getting me all pumped up now. Like, yeah, Yeah. maybe they will. You know what? Fuck Tampa. I mean, I really could be wrong and this will come crashing and burning, but if we're looking for a bold take, I I think the abs blow them out. I think it's a reverse. I think we, I think we beat the shit out of them. I like Uh, it. I like it. Because Kale McCarr just adds so much to this team. 
And Josh Manson, like we forget Josh Manson. Well, he has, he wasn't great before he was getting hurt, but he's still a better defenseman than like a majority of the other players on our defense. Right. Like, he's a very solid top four defenseman. Right. I mean, um, is $4 million a lot of money, but yeah, he's better than Anglin Hunt yeah. and McDermott. I don't think there's any question about that. He's going to have a play every single game where he treats the puck like a live grenade. That's Correct. not going to change, but there are plays that Josh Manson makes that are a lot better than, and this team needed a lot of those plays in the playoffs last season. And he can contribute in goal scoring every blue moon, every That's now. what Evan was saying too. Like he, he has more offensive skill than people give credit yeah. for. I mean, pretty much right after we got him too, he was finding ways to put pucks in the back of the net. And in the odd game in the playoffs, he scored some massive goals. He did. The guy's got a clutch gene in him. He does, and we saw him and Byram in the playoffs were fantastic. That together. is that is a nasty pairing. When yeah. those two are together, I love those two. It sucks that we lost both of them because that is such an underrated pairing. It's Manfred a really good Byram pairing. Complement each other so well because it's not like Gerard and EJ where they're so vastly different that like it works. But those two, Byram has enough of a physical edge that it works together with Manson. It's not like end of the spectrum like EJ and Gerard. They're close enough together that you just see it just works. That's the it best does. way to describe it. Byram has that skill. He has a lot of that talent and great moving that puck around. Manson can retreat into the back end a little bit. But their chemistry together is just so good. I think this team has really missed it. It, they've really missed it. And you're talking about like Sam Gerard. He's not a penalty killing defenseman. He's going to be off the PK with Manson back. Yes. Like that is going to be massive for Gerard because he's not like, he's not a penalty killer. Like we've realized this, like we've known this, that he is not a penalty killing defenseman. So you get Manson back out there and you actually have like two solid defenseman groups when it comes to the PK. Granted, this is if EJ is healthy. If EJ is healthy. Yes. Like you, you have two solid penalty killing defensemen or groups. So, I just, I see this team when this D's healthy. We talked about at the beginning of the year, the defense was going to be our biggest strength. And we've been without our biggest strength for three months now. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's getting any better either. Because you get, you get Byron back, you miss McCarr for a couple of games. And it's like, oh, McCarr will be back next game. EJ blocks a shot with his foot. So a little worried about what's going to happen against Tampa. Hopefully, just for once, we can have our healthy defense playing again but it almost seems like a pipe dream at this point. It seems like a pipe dream, but I just, if Manson's back and McCarr's back, like the, this team's starting to look more and more like the team we saw back yeah. in June. Like yeah. that's what it's just flat out that way. So um, I'm going on the precedent that all those guys are going to be back. I, I really think the Avs could kick the shit out of the lightning. I really do. I, like, I really hope you're right. Cause you know, you know what you're, you're talking me into this now. No, no, no. We got to be opposite. We got to keep it opposite. No, 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 no. I'm I'm explaining my point of view. I'm adding to your point of view, but I'm not changing my prediction. Let's keep that consistent. (laughs) I've made my call. It's too late to go back on it now. I'm not a coward. I'll stick with that. But you're talking me into it because Tampa had their revenge. You know, they had the 5-0 win on home ice. Then they got to come to Colorado. They're not going to have that same energy the next time, you know? And now the Avs are going to be pissed hopefully they're going to be pissed because they, they took that game a little too on the chin for my liking during it. But now they got a couple of days to really think about it. So you're talking me into it. I'm not changing my prediction because again, I made my choice. I made my call. I'm not going to change it, but I like where you're going with this. There's also a very likely possibility that Andre Vasilevsky just does what he did on Thursday again. And um, 
yeah, I, I just see, I think the Habs are going to come out pissed and I think they're going to come and beat the shit out of them. And then you transition that into Minnesota on Wednesday. That's, that's that screams overtime. Yeah. That's going to be tough. Cause I'm honestly like if Minnesota plays flurry, I think we win that game. If they play Gustafson, I, I think the wild have a better chance winning that game. I agree. They'll play flurry and flurry will play great. And I'll come on here with my head in my hands. Cause it'll feel like a personal spite to me, but I think this is going to be a great game. Honestly, it's going to, it's going to be really tough because the wild are going to be up for it. And I'm sure the abs are going to be up for it. That third period is going to be what it all comes down to. Are the abs going to have enough legs to finish off that game? I think they're going to have a lead going into the third. Can they finish it off? And if it goes to overtime, are they going to have the fresh enough legs to finish off that game? Because that that's what I think it's going to come down to. I think it's going to be even the whole way through. I agree. I'm going opposite in this one. I I, I think this is, if you can get it to overtime, you're considering that a win. I, I really do. Because if yeah, you can get three or four points out of this, you're feeling good. But I just, this is such a tough game to have on the second half of a back-to-back. It's yeah. just fucking brutal. And it just screams, like, doesn't it just scream the Calgary game from the beginning of the year? It it does a little bit. It's not exactly the same because that was obviously banner night and everything. But it's like at this point in the season, like you you can't afford to look at it as a scheduled loss. It's just you got to look at it as taking care of business. Yeah, you have to look at it as taking care of business. But I just I I don't see it, man. I I think they lose three to two in overtime. I think Kaprizov gets the game winner in overtime. I'm I'm going to say they win it in overtime. I like it. I'll go opposite of that because I hate that we always have the same score because I I also agree. I'm going to say four to three. I think the abs are going to have a three to two lead in the third period. The wild, much like that game at the end of the year last year, not the last one, but the one a month before that. I think the wild are going to find a way to tie that game up late. And this game goes to overtime. And I I think Val finally gets his in OT. I like that call. He's so due for one. He's so good in overtime, but he just can't get it to go. It's his time. I think this is going to be one of the best games of the season. Obviously, if it goes to overtime, you don't win it. You still get a point. Minnesota closes the gap by one. But if you lose to Tampa, then that's probably enough to push them over because they're playing Florida on Monday. So that result's going to be pretty important. In Minnesota. In Minnesota. They ended up beating the Devils the other night in the shootout. And they lost to the Coyotes coming out of break. Who did they lose to after that? Because I'm I'm blanking on that. Dallas. They lost to Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, they yeah, lost. They, to lost Dallas. they got their ass kicked by Dallas. Yeah. So Minnesota hasn't been great. It's not like they're this juggernaut that we have to worry about. They're a worse team than they were last season. They are very much teetering on that playoff line. They're four and six in their last ten. Yeah, they lost to Arizona. They got the brakes beat off them by Dallas. They got their brakes beat off by Vegas as well. Who was going to be without Logan Thompson for a little bit and snuck by in a shootout against New Jersey without Jack Hughes. So it's not like Minnesota's coming into this game smoking hot. The Avs more than than likely have a chance, but this is such an important game that both teams are going to be up for. This is going to be a close, tight-checking game. I think the goaltending is going to be really good on both sides, and whoever wins this is going to earn it, hopefully. I agree. But if Flurry's starting, I think we have a better chance. Gustafson has surprisingly turned into one of the better, yeah. one of the more surprising goaltenders of the year. Gustafson is probably the reason they're in a playoff spot at all. Like, remember in October when Flurry couldn't make a save? And go- remember that game where yeah. Gustafson just had pucks just going through him like he was made of cheese? That was bad. Good times. If, Good times. If, 
the fact that he's recovered to being like a 915 goalie is the only reason Minnesota is in the playoffs at all right now. Yeah, they could very easily be where St. Louis is. Very yeah. easily. But speaking of the Blues, their sell-off has kind of begun here. Vladimir Tarasenko is now a member of the New York Rangers, traded for a first-round pick, Hunter Skinner, Sammy Blay, and a conditional fourth-round pick. Did I get that all? I did. And Nico Mikola is going to the Rangers as well. So the Blues, they've acknowledged their season is done, and Ryan O'Reilly's probably not too far behind. And honestly, I don't think they did very well in this trade. Uh, I don't know. I mean, did they eat any cap when it came to Tarasenko? They ate half. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Um, it, I, honestly, in situations like this, I don't think eating cap matters. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, I guess it depends. Do they get the Rangers first or Dallas's first? They get the worst. That's the condition. Oh, that blows. Yeah, that's not that's not the greatest return yeah, for it's them. Not, it's not like they just traded Dallas's straight up and they're hoping Dallas's ends up better. They the condition is they get the worst one. So if the Rangers end up winning the thing and Dallas goes out round one, they get pick 32. That's rough. That That is a tough trade because, I mean, maybe not. And Tarasenko hasn't been great this year. I He's already been pretty good with the Rangers. I think yeah, he's been really like, put this is a big with, win for the Rangers. Put big in, win for the Panarin, Rangers. Panarin and Tarasenko is gross. That is a it nasty is. pairing. And it's it's tough because I look at this and I you have to bring up that Tarasenko has a no trade clause that yep. he had, he had full control over where he was going and I imagine that the other packages for places he would go to were not that appealing because I, I was wondering like why did they do this so close to the deadline they didn't want to get pushed down to the wire obviously and then have Tarasenko nix it at the last second and they lose him for nothing so it's not a great package. But now that I'm saying it out loud, I get it. But Sammy Blay was a cast off from the it's hilarious that he's back in St. Louis following that Bushnevich trade. And they get Hunter Skinner, who is just he's in the ECHL right now. He's not gonna be he's not gonna be anything really. That first round pick, it's a deep draft, but there's a chance it could be in the bottom 28 of the first round and a conditional fourth round pick that will become a third if the Rangers make the playoffs. So it's a third round pick. So they get a first and a third for them. I doubt they're really going to turn anything into this, if we're being honest, but I doubt it. But if you move O'Reilly for, I'm assuming he probably gets a first round pick. Well, there was the report today that he might not be as expensive as teams were thinking might even be a second. That's ridiculous. If you can get Ryan O'Reilly for a second, that is disgusting. That would be, that would be a tough sell. If you get this return for Tarasenko, and like a second and maybe a prospect for O'Reilly. Like I know they're upcoming UFAs and everything, but that that's tough. Yeah. I think O'Reilly's the better player. <laughs> like personally, he's having a down year, but he's the better player and we know he's what al- he al- can do. He's also been hurt. He's back yeah. now, but scored the game winner last night. Yeah. And Sammy Blaze so, scored Sammy Blaze scored for them as well. His first game yeah. back to the blue. So you know what? Maybe this maybe this is what he needed. Yeah, I don't know. I mean it's going to be interesting because the blues are definitely like their championship window is closed it's and up. they're, yeah, they're going to have to turn over this team. That is great to know that the abs just shut that door. That's great. It's Isn't not that the best. The abs, it's that Kadri did it. Yeah. After all that shit in the second round, Kadri scores that hat trick in St. Louis and just shuts it all down. And Darren Helm will forever be their daddy. Um, so, so, so yeah. So, 
I mean, the Blues two years in a row. Two years, two in, a years row. in a row. We wasted your championship window. Yeah, wasted it. So, yeah, I mean, the Blues are an interesting team for the next couple of years because they're going to have to go through a rebuild. But they already have their goalie locked up for a six by six. Which, yikes! Um, you're losing another captain more than likely, and you have Colton Pareko signed for six more years, and he looks bad. Colton, you want to know when Colton Pareko expires? Is it twenty twenty nine? 2030. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think that, I'm almost be that, 40 by the time that happens. That contract just kicked in 6.5 for eight years. And Rough. he's been God awful this season. Legitimately one of the worst players on a floundering team. And it's tough because the blues, they've, they've signed some pretty lengthy contracts. Braden Shen is signed until 2028. You still have Brandon Saad signed until 2026. Love Saad. I hope he goes somewhere else that isn't St. Louis. Bushnevich is a fine contract. He's got two more years after this. They locked up Kairou and Thomas, two identical deals. And they've been fine this season. Kairou's actually been pretty decent. He's bounced back. Yeah, he's bounced back from his early part of the season because he, he was bad early on in anything. Very bad. He's, he's a point-per-game player right now. He's 49 and 49 at the moment. Thomas has been decent. He's hurt right now, though, isn't he? He's hurt, but I think, is he hurt? Is that, or is that really recent? Oh, I know he got hurt before the break. I thought, I thought, I, I thought he picked up a point the other night, but no, he may have. I don't know. I haven't been watching the blues. <laughs> yeah. He, he's just been okay. Like the blues, they've got a lot of work to do for the next little. I don't know if they can rebuild. Like they're like Falk is until 2027. Krug, Krug. Yeah. yeah. Krug is 2027. Pareko's 2030. Nick Letty's 2026. Why? Thanks. Yeah. It's only going to get worse from here. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see where this all goes for them, but for the, for the Rangers, I don't know. I don't know, man, the Rangers, they're worrying me a little bit because they look kind of nasty right now. They've got a lot going for them at the moment. Tara. I still don't think they get out of the East. I don't know, dude. There, there are six terrifying teams in the Eastern. Oh yeah. The Bruins. I don't know, man. We've seen better teams than Boston bow out early, and they've been cold for a little bit. We'll see how they respond to that. Carolina has always been my pick, but I think the Rangers are a bad matchup for them. Yeah, we saw it in the playoffs as well. The Rangers have guys that you can run. Panarin is that guy, absolutely. And Igor Shesterkin is that guy, absolutely. Adam Fox is that guy most of the time. The Rangers have at least three of them. Carolina has almost guys. Sebastian Ajo is awesome. I love Ajo. Svechnikov, damn good player. Fastest skater in the NHL. Don't yeah, forget that. Proven fastest <laughs> skater in the NHL as proven by the fastest skater competition. Like I, I think the Hurricanes, when they match up against the Caps, most likely in the first round, that's a pretty decent matchup for the Hurricanes. I think it's a tough series for them, but the Hurricanes will probably win it. We saw it against the Rangers. They don't match up very well against them. And as we saw last night, the Rangers on the second half of a back-to-back getting outshot to hell by Carolina still managed to win that game. Six to two. Panarin with a four-goal night. And Freddie Anderson. That's the thing about Carolina that worries me, which is something you talked about. I just I just don't like it. It's it's shaking me a little bit that they the- have good goaltending. The teams in the East have great goaltending. Yeah. It's because they have three really good goalies. The yep. Rangers have one of the best. And you only one of them can play at a time. In a playoff series, it's going to be Igor versus one of Anderson, Ranta, or Korshikov. 
You can't play three of them at once. And you know what? This is the closest I've been to changing my pick. But I still, until someone beats Tampa, that's that's always going to be the thing. That's my that's my exact opinion of it. Is yeah. uh, what I saw from Tampa against the Avs on Thursday. If they do that in the playoffs, no one's beating them. No right. one. Like Vasilevsky, when he when you literally let in zero goals, it's very hard for a team to beat you. <laughs> like um, I until Vasilevsky gets unseated, I just I have to stick with the Lightning, man. Yeah, it's, and, get, it's getting harder and harder to disagree with you on that. It just it feels like such a coward's way out to have Avs Lightning in the final again. It does, but, but for fuck's sake, <laughs> it does. But like you look at other teams in the East, like I still I'm not fully sold into Linus Allmark. I'm just not. Yeah. When it comes to the Bruins, I'm not sold on him. I'm not, I'm not sold on their depth either. I think it's yeah. better than it's been. But what happens when guys stop scoring? They and really need to get Bo Horvat. They yeah. really need to get there's, Bo Horvat. There's still options for them. The Bruins are going to make a big swing. And it, it could be Jacob Chicken, who we'll talk about in a second. It could but, be. But I just, the East, like, I just look at Shesterkin and Vasilevsky, and I'm like, I don't see someone beating them four times. I just don't. And, and the, the Rangers, they, like, I don't think the Devils are going to be taking them out. And if it's going to be Carolina in the next round, I think that's a great series as it was last year. But Shesterkin and the Rangers, they're a bet they're better than they were last year still. I still I like the way that team. I don't like I hate the Rangers. I'm being totally honest. Right. Their their fans have really gotten under my skin this season. Oh, they're the worst. It's not even when they play the abs or the caps. It's just like you look under comments of other teams' posts. And they're all there. Like, yep. don't you guys go outside? Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's just the Rangers scare me. Um, but like, I look at the East and I'm like, Toronto has major goaltending issues. And I, I get, people talk about their defense is fine. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, Morgan Riley's not the guy. I don't. No. I don't see how they beat Tampa. It's gonna. I be don't. Seven, it's gonna be a seven game series. But they're not gonna beat them. They aren't gonna beat them. I mean, we talked about Boston already. New Jersey, I think they're a great story. They're still a year or two away. Yeah. I don't trust – you're telling me you'd rather Vitek Vanacek versus Andre Vasilevsky or Igor Shosturkin? Not a shot. Who are you fucking kidding? There's not a shot. Like the, um, the Rangers and Devils, it's more than likely what's going to be in the first round. Amazing hype. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Series, Rangers in five. Yeah. It, that's just the way it is. And the East is a gauntlet. It is going to be very impressive. But we could talk about that for another 45 minutes. Let's let's move on because we're coming up already on a little bit of hour, 10 minutes here. There was stories breaking. Jacob Chikrin was scratched from the Coyotes games last night, which I think this was the first time they ever happened where it literally said in the reason he was scratched, trade. <laughs> like, yeah, trade relate. I can remember one a couple of years ago. I specifically remember this is how this is how my memory works. I specifically remember being in math class when I saw something like this. Yeah. I think it was Mark Stone. I'm not 100%. I have a picture of Vegas and Ottawa in my mind where someone was sitting out for trade-related Ah, uh, the Evgeny Dadunov trade. Was it, was it that one? <laughs> I know. I don't know. Dadunov was traded last year, so I hope you weren't in school at that point. No, 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 no. This was my senior year of high school. I know. That that was, that was the joke. Yeah, this was the year the Blues won. But geez, I'm, I'm, aging, <laughs> I'm aging my – I just actually aged myself to everybody there, but – I, I, it happened once before, but it doesn't happen often where it's like trade related purposes where they're, they're actively in conversation with someone and a deal's close to getting done. My gut feeling for Chikrin says the Kings. I said that. And then it started to surface that there's a lot of smoke around the Kings right now. They're throwing cold water on it. Jeff Merrick speculated that's probably because of the Dustin Brown stuff where they're unveiling the statue they have for right. him for some reason. But I still think it's the Kings. 
We found out today that the package is probably going to include Brant Clark, and then it's not going to include Brant Clark. So does that mean it's the Kings, or does that mean it's not Brant Clark going back the other way? This is probably going to go on for a couple of days, or it might be out by the, tomorrow morning. So more than likely, the second we hit like in recording of this, it, it'll get broken. Yeah, J- Jacob Chikrin um, Avalanche emergency yeah. pod tomorrow. Yeah, no, it'll be. I I think the Kings make the most sense. I don't think the Leafs have the assets to make the trade for him. I, I think I'll give Leafs, Arizona. Yeah, I think the Leafs should do it, but they should, but they don't I have don't the assets for can. it. Yeah, yeah, they don't have the assets for it. Uh, I appreciate what Bill Ar- is. It Bill Armstrong, the GM of Phoenix? Yes, Arizona. Yes. I appreciate what he's doing. He's held fast on this of what his demands are for that trade. He has not wavered. Like remember last year, it was like two firsts and a prospect is the minimum to get Jacob Chikrin. That's the same story today where it's two firsts and a prospect to get Jacob Chikrin. And it sounds like he's going to get that package for him. Um, yeah, and, and that makes sense because you have two seasons of Chikrin after this at $4.6 million. Like yep. that is a ridiculously good value for a defenseman of Chikrin's caliber. And is he the best defenseman in the NHL? No, but you take him off the Coyotes and you put him on a decent team with support around him. I think he could really blossom into something really good. I think the Kings make the most sense because that that's what they need. Well, they need a goalie, first of all. But adding Chikrin in to take the the pressure off of the aging Drew Doughty and Sean Dursey, who are really the only guys they have back there, do work. And as I was talking with you, conspiracy theory, Anthony Mantha was scratched for the Washington Capitals today against the Sharks. The money works if you find a way for a Chikrin-Mantha swap where you include the first, maybe LaPierre and or McMichael. I can see the Caps doing that because Chikrin's not that expensive and he can probably stick for a couple of years after this. There's a lot of teams that Chikrin makes sense for. And it's like you're saying, good for Bill Armstrong for holding strong so far on this package because we were were talking like, oh, this was imminent like a year ago. He he is a Panther. Done deal. He's a Blue Jacket. Done deal like twice. But he held strong. I think he's going to get a pretty good return for him because it makes sense for the Coyotes. There are several years away from competing for the most part. Yeah, they are, they're a ways away. They have four second round picks in 2025. Not even, not even this draft 2025. They have four they're loaded, man. Picks. They're loaded. Yeah. They've got a lot of work to do still. If they can get Bedard, that definitely kicks things off, but odds are against that still, even if they end up being the worst team, they got a long ways to go. Chikrin's 24, which is not old, but he's probably going to be in his thirties by the time they're talking any sort good. of makeup. Yeah. And he's playing some damn good hockey right now. So yeah. it makes sense to move him. It does. The other team, I think they could be, I, I don't think they should do it, but I could see the senators pulling this off. I could see that too, for the most part. And we've also, when we're talking about good defensemen that could be on the move, it was reported yesterday that the sharks and the Oilers have been discussing an Eric Carlson fit and how they would make that work. Which is interesting because I actually, that sounds awesome for the Oilers if they can imagine McDavid and Carlson together. It's like, what what do you need playing defense? They're not, no one else is going to have the puck. That's the best defense you can possibly play. You just have the puck the whole time. And it's going to be expensive and the Sharks would need to retain a lot of money to make that work. For a long time. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. We're probably talking $4 million for four seasons after this. Yeah. Like that That's going to cost a lot. It's going to cost a lot, but I mean, Eric Carlson, this is his first good year in what, four years, 
Like, I think they would be crazy to not move him right now because. Oh, they'd be crazy not to move him. I agree. But the Oilers, if you want to take an aging defenseman who is injury prone, yeah, sign up for that. That's that's exactly why the Sharks should do it. He is one bad step away from that being a boat anchor around your neck until Mm -hmm. the end of time. Like it has been for the last couple of years. He hasn't been bad, but especially right away when they got him, he was hurt especially when they they needed him the most. He has 70 points right now this season. Like that is crazy. It's gross. If you are able to get out from 11 and a half million dollars halfway through this thing and even if you have to retain a little bit, that's better than buying him out. And let's face it, the Sharks are not competing anytime soon. They're not. Nope. If you can get that heavy return from him and dump that money to Edmonton in your division might suck for a little bit, but you're not competing against them. Who cares? And by the it may time- suck for like a year. When's the last time Eric, Car- Eric Carlson played a full 82 game season? Yeah. Like right. it might be like that could legitimately push the Oilers to be the favorite in the West this season. For sure. I agree. I uh, agree. I mean, Eric Carlson is not the best defensive defenseman and neither is Connor McDavid. He's not the best defensive player in the world. Neither is Leon Dreisaitl. But, but, they but like I said, you don't have the puck when those two are on the ice. They're just going to have it the whole time, and then they're going to score. It's the, the the best defense you could possibly play. Yeah, and like don't get me wrong. I think Eric Carlson's a fantastic player. It's just his track record over the past eight years is that he just a puck hits him in the skate and it breaks his foot. Yeah, like I mean, it's, it's just it, it's pretty safe to say that Eric Carlson's not human. He's probably more cyborg at this point with the yeah. metal in his body. Yeah, like Eric Carlson had a chance to be like a. One of the like top ten greatest defensemen. It's just injuries derailed his career, uh, yeah. and it sucks because skill wise, he's one of the best defensemen we've ever seen. Offensively, really is one of the but, best we have ever seen. Like when Kale McCarr was coming in, it was like, can he be Eric, Eric Carlson? Carlson? Yeah, it's so great to see that Carlson's back. Yeah, it's good to see he's back, but I mean, that's just a ticking time bomb, in my opinion. So if the Oilers want to strap themselves down, I mean, it makes sense for one year, but then you're talking. Three years from now, you're still paying him seven million, and you're like, "Fuck, that's just LTIR money reserved." Yeah. Imagine Carlson gets hurt, and you're paying. Let's. It's not going to be the eleven, the full eleven and a half, but just indulge me here. They're paying twenty million dollars for Carlson and Darnell Nurse. That yeah, that's tough. Rough. That's tough. Yeah, Darnell Nurse. By the way, twenty thirty on that contract. Ooh. Yikes! Yikes! Make it more than Kale McCarr. Yeah, a defense of Darnell Nurse, Tyson Berry, and Eric Carlson, just 7-5. Every I feel bad for Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell. Yeah. Stuart Skinner is going to be crying by the second yeah. round. Like, that man is going to be in hell. Dude, they got worked by the Canadians today. Yeah. They got worked. They were, on the, they were on the second half of back-to-back, but that's not that much. Of they got worked yeah. by the Canadians. Yeah. Worked. That's a very weak excuse. The Canadians were on the second half of a back-to-back too. And you know what? I have no response to that. <laughs> yeah, like they got worked by the Canadians today. That was funny to watch. Um, but yeah, trade deadline's gonna really heat up. Abs have some just massive games this week. I can't wait for it. Football's over now. Hockey is, in my mind, the star of the show. Um, and we're in- entering the the great part of the season. Yeah, this, this is where things are going to start to get up. I love this stretch in particular. The last three weeks of February, before the deadline, there's not a ton of games. It's not like you're starting to get bored because you'd be like, oh, my God, we play the Ducks tonight. Jesus, yeah. this is such a chore. We're Tampa, Minnesota, a little bit of a break, St. Louis, Edmonton. Four-day break's a little inconvenient, I'll give you that. Winnipeg, Calgary. Is it, though? 
it's that could be really beneficial in the long run four days off it definitely could be but just like right after the all-star break that's a little annoying for me at least as a hockey fan but right after that winnipeg calgary vegas like this month is going to absolutely slap and then the trade deadline and you got dallas shortly after that after that things are going to be like okay let's just fast forward to the playoffs here this is the best part of the regular season hands down it is the best part, and I can't wait for it, man. I, I think it's going to be really good. Wednesday's episode could either be – or Thursday's episode, we'll record on Wednesday. That could either be like an all-time high episode, or we could really just be depressed, yeah. guys. This It could either be this is the greatest team of all time, or like this is the first-round exit team. Yeah. Let's be let's be honest with ourselves here. Like, that's that's going to be the theme is let's be honest with ourselves here. This is the greatest team of all time, or this team sucks. Yep. We'll be like the Twitter commenters. Yeah, we kind of are. We're not that different. <laughs> no, we're like, like what? Like what separates me from the average person on Twitter? Like absolutely nothing. Uh, I'm trying to think what separates me. I lose a lot of gambling picks. I still um, feel like that's pretty common. Yeah, true. Especially true. now, especially nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what else I do different. No, I th- yeah, I, I think really there's nothing that makes us different than the Twitter trolls. Really, no, there isn't. I mean, like. The, uh, I'd like to think I'm not like an average Twitter guy because I have a quote unquote platform, but I'm, I'm just a dude. <laughs> yeah, We're just two guys yeah. just sitting talking hockey. Yeah. We don't ever claim to be smart. No, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think ever once we have ever claimed to know anything like mm. at all or have any sort of insight. We make, we make guesses at best. We make, yes. And the thing is, is when you make as many guesses as we do throughout a season, you're bound to be right every once yeah. in a while. Eventually something sticks. And one of my things is I say a lot of words and none of them mean anything a lot of the Correct. time. So you don't have and to we agree, won't that. Ever reference you don't have to agree to that that quickly, Christian. You yeah. don't have to say that. <laughs> no, no, no. I was saying, cause I'm the same way. We, we both, when we're wrong, we just don't bring it up again. But when we're right, you guys are going to hear the fucking end of it. That oh, way yeah. we're right. I, I know. I know when I'm wrong. Like let's, I know every single time I've come on here and been wrong. I just don't talk about it. I just yeah. store that away in my brain and hope no one notices. Correct. Well, I'm waiting for someone to call us out on it. Like if the Avs lose, like if they win six, nothing on Tuesday, you best believe I'm going to come on here and be like, I fucking told you so. Um, but if they, if they lose, I'll just, we'll just delete that part from the episode. Yes. Yeah, be like, huh? Wow. Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> Not me. Tough one. <laughs> just move, move on onto the next one. Not going to yeah. win them all. Oh, all right. Well, let's send these people on their merry way. Yep. I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Tell It Apps It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. As always, use promo code Tell It Apps It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at tell it as it is but we will be back following these massive games against tampa bay and minnesota but until then let's go abs